So um, as we uh, get started today, I, if you uh, are getting, don't get our emails and aren't reading them, like I know that came out on Friday, so some of them are just trying to give you uh, some ideas there, thoughts of like, hey, if you're not following on GroupMe, it's also there too, so you can click in there. Uh, today is a vision Sunday, an opportunity for us to kind of cast a heart and a desire of what goes on in this year, right? And I, I want this to already give you freedom for yourself right now. It's not January. It's not the first Sunday of January, right? There's, no, there's nothing significant to February 13th whatsoever outside of it's this Sunday. That as we follow in obedience to God, like life is what we have to manage and, and work our way around. And our circumstances and situations are what we have to press into to then figure out how do we, how do we step in and operate in the life that God's called. So I just want to say like, for this vision Sunday, you can go like, man, I, I've already, we're, we're behind. No, we're not one bit behind. And you might even be filling in your own heart. Like, well, what do I do right now? How, like, maybe I don't even have a vision for my life this year. Let this be an opportunity for God to be at work in that. And so I just want to encourage you with that this morning, just even to start today, like to take out those thoughts of like, I've got to have it all measured out and figured out on this date, because this is the date that everything happens, right? Because our, life our lives don't even work that way. It, they just don't. And so I just want to... It, encourage you into that um, it's been a, it's been a grace that i feel like god has given me over the last few weeks as i've been preparing to come into this sunday to go like listen this is just the this is where we are at um, and that's even probably a helpful diagnosis we'll talk more about that as we move on so in that thought uh in 2016 as a part of my soma uh sending training we were on a retreat uh and a part of that retreat uh we were out in uh, uh just east of Dallas at a ranch, and we're hanging out with other Soma Sending leaders. And, uh, uh, and so that, I mean, you think back in that time, that's Dawson, who you've met, Antanasio, Rich, um, many other guys, Stephen Weeks, that's up in Philadelphia. So we're, we're hanging out over the week, and part of what that, our weekend, part of that time was focusing on, like, who are you as a pastor, and who is the church that God is calling you to plant? And so we spent a good portion of the morning just, like, Dreaming, listening to God, writing out stuff, taking notes on what we felt like was the heart of our church. Uh, and so over the last few weeks, I've been going back to like that, that little journal from 2016 that I wrote down some of this stuff on, uh, thinking through like what are dreams and hopes and aspirations we have for what God might be doing in building a church here in Northwest Austin to reach the neighbors here. What would that look like? How would we do that? And so I, I spent a lot of time praying uh, spent a lot of time asking God, dreaming, thinking of what was. And if you think of that time as well, 2016, this is uh, September of 2016. Uh, so we just came out of a crazy few months for us as Soma. Uh, Glenn died in uh, April of that year. Uh, my friend Josh passed away uh, in August of that year. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on kind of leading right up to that. And um, I was just thinking through, it was crazy walking back through that. I was a little like, oh, wow, God, you were doing a whole lot of stuff in that moment. And in that time of that retreat, we're getting away. I just begin to pray what kind of things. And so much of what we've seen over the last few years, God has been faithful to like bring into fruition a family that loves one another and cares for another well. Um, and one of the things that tasked when they came back from this, as we were doing this dreaming, right, was to get us out of our normal, like, because most guys, you get down, you dream, then you start typing out, what's my plan, right? Like, how do I accomplish this said dream? How do I make these things happen? And so before we could get into any action steps, any doing of anything he's the, the the next objective they put on each of our tables a uh, a bunch of uh, colored pencils and paper and said draw a picture of that vision what would that look like so i'm i'm an amazing artist as you'll you're about to see an amazing artist and so i i drew i drew this picture uh, we've got it here so you can see it if you're online you can join us well i drew this picture um, Heath already got an advanced look at this earlier and thought this was the beginning of baseball. Uh, you might see, you know, like some bases there. Uh, Mark was really confused by the di different geometric shapes that were on there, uh, calling them out by all their correct names. I'll, I'll walk you through it here a little, a little bit. I did, I'd say it's pretty rudimentary. Um, uh, we shared about it then. I even carried around it in a journal for a season. Um, and then... Um, yeah, let me give some picture and then we'll go from there. So this picture, again, from the very beginning in my heart, before we ever came into Redeemer, 
what God was de designing or, de or creating a desire for was to be a part of a family of churches, right? To develop and see a family of churches. In a, sorry, online people, I've, I've moved. But um, was to see family of churches in an area reaching our city, right? That we would plant more churches that were dependent on one another, caring for one another, working together. And so um, the colors maybe aren't as good, but you can imagine uh, this, this little green I mean, orange square right here, rectangle, is Soma Austin. It's orange, obviously, because longhorns. That's right. So I drew this, and you've, you've got some, the shapes are really just to differentiate the different uh, bodies of, I was trying to try to find some way to differentiate the different uh, corrals that we might have. I should have done a diamond. Now, looking back, I had no idea. That should have been a diamond of intimacy for us, but I didn't do that. So this will tell you it wasn't clear prophecy that I was drawing out here. Uh, but the red one is uh, Redeemer Round Rock. Uh, purple was uh, Soma Georgetown. This actually was Brenham uh, Center Church. This is Soma San Marcos, which was Creekside back then. Uh, this was a dream of like, hey, we've already got some people from Cedar Park and Leander. Maybe, maybe they're creating, maybe we haven't even got the sheep into the church yet, but we're working through there. And maybe we're developing a leader here as a part of Soma, uh, Austin to help uh, start what's going on there. I don't know what's about, I, I don't have any idea of the sheep with no head or legs. I don't know if that's a sacrifice we sent up to there. Um, uh, you, you see the different colors, you see the shepherds and leaders, the people caring for the flock. Uh, and then this one right here is, would be Austin. Uh, and what you see here is an orange sheep and a red sheep and a purple sheep from over in Georgetown and then some other leader coming together to like plant a church in Austin, more, more, maybe more downtown. And um, so I'll be honest, like looking at this picture now, like there's actually a lot of sadness that goes to this picture for me. So much so that after carrying it around, you can see the crinkle marks in it. I threw it away because I felt like this picture that I thought God had given me, uh, really, honestly, just about a month later, um, we had a meeting, I found it in my notebook, it's really crazy going through this. We had another meeting with some of these same leaders around in the circle, Rich and the guys from Redeemer and Center Church and San Marcos, we were all together and we were casting vision and dreaming about what being a family of churches would look like. And, and what came out of that day ultimately was like, hey, we're really seeing family very different. And so that didn't happen like we started thinking about. And I carried, still carried this around for a while. And then I just like was going through my stuff and I thought, I don't need that anymore. And then for whatever reason, at the last minute, God, like I pulled it out of the trash. I was like, no, I'm going to keep. And I put it in the binder with all my Soma sending stuff. And, but I literally, I mean, it's, you can see, I crinkled it up and it's like, I'm done with that. That's not there. Um, and so things hadn't gone like I thought they were going to. They really hadn't. And they haven't. I mean, in a lot of ways, and I would say in many ways, way better than I thought they were going to be, uh, the, the result of that. But what God has done in me probably over the last four to six months is begin to renew again. Hey, there's that, that vision I gave you wasn't just some one-off vision that didn't work because these things in the situation, the time that you were in didn't happen the way you thought it would happen. And so I've been just revisiting, God, what does it look like to be a family of churches in the city, working together for the good of the city, for the desire to see disciples made, cities re the city saturated with the gospels, gospel uh, communities, missional communities out on mission together, working together. This picture right here is like my, my ultimate dream right here. That, that we would send out other disciples in other areas of town to go partner with other believers in other areas of town, to be under some other leader, to say, hey, we're about this area and we're going to go all for this area. I'll be honest now, I'm not saying God's really reshaped this, but this also doesn't look much different than Northwest Austin right here. I mean, this could easily be 183 and Mopac and Anderson Mill and 620, right? Like, there's not a whole lot of craziness to that. I had no reason to plant in these, these roads. These roads are really just saying we're all interconnected, right? And I'm not trying to recast and go, no, really what God was doing was he was getting, no. This was my heart for then. But what I am saying is God can take what we thought looked one way and reshape it and go, hey, maybe there's another way that actually looks. Hey, maybe there's another way that might actually happen. And so what I'm not going to do today, I'll just give you this, is I don't have a vision for the next 10 to 15 years of how do we get to there. 
But this is still there in where we're going from today because I do feel like in order for us to get there, God's got to take us where we are now and make some things happen in and inside of us and work in us in a way to show his power in a way that is very different than, you know, that might challenge us and may cause us to look at life differently over the next year. And it's even changing, like how will we do things, what we do. In fact, it's even changing how we will budget and spend money. So here today, also what you're not going to get is a, is a finished budget. Because you know why? We've got we've to say, yeah, that's a vision we want to go to. And then we say, hey, let's, let's make that happen. Let's commit to that. So we'll talk about that as we go on. So as, we looked, as I look at this, and it can seem very aspirational. Here's the crazy thing. God's doing this in just different ways. Both in Redeemer and in us. I have, and this is, again... I love and have great affection to everybody at Redeemer Rock. We are not here today apart from being a part of that family. We, we, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know that Jill and I are here. I don't know that this church is here. I don't know that any of the, what we're experiencing and have experienced would not happen without that. Um, our partnership and our family and our connection just looks different. And that's not a wrong against them. They were three years old when they planted us. When we came on, I guess five years old when they planted us, three years on when we came on as residents. They were three years old, and I'm not giving any justification, and also very young. <laughs> and so their vision changes, our visions change, but yet God is doing some of the same things. In Redeemer Round Rock right now, some of these same things are happening, just they look different. So praise God for both. Like, that's the part we can celebrate. So as much as I can go back and see, be sad and go, oh, that just didn't turn out the way. God has been honoring this step by step as we've walked through it. And God is still at work in that. So uh, I want us to think about where we are, our immediate future, and ask God to help us dream about seeing the kingdom of God come to Austin, that it would be in Austin as it is in heaven. So the first piece of this, before we're going to get into some scripture and look at this, you can turn if you want to Ephesians um, chapter 3, but I want to give us like kind of like, uh, sometimes we just need the, uh, this is who we are, state, like the state of who we are, what, who are we? Um, one of the hardest things about in church planning early on for me uh, were monthly reports that I had to send out to uh, organizations that, that supported us. Because what they were doing every month was checking like, hey, what are you going? Where are you doing? What have you been? How are you growing? What does it look like? And so there's this constant state of where are you? How are you doing? Are you, are you uh, accomplishing what we think you need to accomplish, honestly, as part of it? But one of the benefits of that was there's a constant looking at who are we? Like, who are we? Right? First Peter tells, us to, tells the elders of the church to shepherd the flock that is among you. That has been a huge call to me to remind myself, I'm not shepherding social media flock. I'm not shepherding a podcast flock. I'm not shepherding uh, the people that have shown up one time. I'm not shepherding people's thoughts and opinions that are not a part of the family. I'm shepherding the flock that God has called us, that has, he has brought here. And, I, and so it's important for me to know who is that flock? Who is it? And so part of this assessment has actually been better to go back and go look and go, this is who we are. This is our strengths, our weaknesses, our flaws, our, the things that God is working in, the things that we need to work on. And so the difference between five, and year, uh, five years ago, six years ago, and now, is I, I, I actually welcome that because that helps me. That, that sharpens us. It's not a thing I'm fearful of. It's a thing I'm like, okay, great. What are, God, what are you doing with who we are right now? So here's a picture of that right now for us. We are 26 adults, seven students, middle school and high school, and eight kids. Like, that's who we are right now. So whether we see that in, in the flesh right now, are there other people that might come and be a part of that? Or are there other people that might even say, we're Soma? Um, I can just guarantee you today, if you're in this room or you're on Zoom, you're, you're in part of that number, all right? I'm just, like, I don't know who was on Zoom, but maybe there's some random person that showed up today. And if it's your random person, man, we're so glad to have you here. But that's not the case, right? We're 25 adults, or 26 adults, seven students, eight children. Students are middle school and high school. Uh, kids are grade school down to infants. Lewin to uh, Wyatt and Cooper. So um, our yearly budget, and this has been pretty much the same uh, what God has blessed us is usually we receive in tithes 
an offering from internally and externally out of our church between $100,000 to $115,000 every year. That's, God, that's the budget that God brings, the, the, the tithe money that comes in, the support that comes into that. And right now we have about roughly $26,000 in savings. And so like there's a picture of that. I don't know if you're nervous about ever doing this for yourself. This is a very helpful thing for me to look at and go, this is who we are right now. And you know, and when I look at that, and when God looks at that, he is pleased with that. His first thought isn't, ah, but they could be so much more. Oh, but they could have been this picture. That's not what he's looking at. He's looking at who we are today, and he's loved the same thing. He loves us. He's pleased with us. He longs for us to long for him even more. And so for me, it is freeing to be able to say this is who we are with no shame or guilt or thinking that we ought to be one uh, iota or, or, or piece different than we actually are. But what we can also do is dream and pray for, uh, for God to do abundantly more, right? And, I, and I, that's the huge caveat in this, that God would do abundantly more, right? You thinking we get the feedback from here? Sorry. There, You're good. Is that better? All right. So let's read Ephesians 13, or 3, 14 through 21. All right. For this reason, I bow my knees. This is Paul praying for the church at Ephesus. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to his, the, the riches of his glory, that he may uh, grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Am I in the monitor? That's what I think the ring is. I'm in the monitor. No? Are these mics still on in the monitor? Okay. I hear the ringing, so. Is that better? No. All right, we're going to keep going. Starting over. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, that's us, them, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I'm going to stop there. Like, Paul's prayer for the, the church at Ephesus it starts with the family identity, right? For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. He's like, I'm, I'm praying this prayer that you're a part of this family, that you recognize your identity in his family. According to what? This is huge. Because anything he's calling us to, he's doing it according to his riches and glory. It's coming from him. It's not coming from something we've stored up and made. Even any savings we have in our an account, any, no matter how great our tithing amount might be coming in, no matter how great the talent pool is amongst us, right? No matter how much time and energy we have to give that, or you go to that give component, time, talent, treasure, all of that is dwarfed in comparison to the, the riches of his glory. Why does he use that? that? That you may be granted strength with power through his spirit in your inner being. Where's the first place that he's wanting that to go? Not that you'd be strengthened so that you have this amazing outward presence that everyone else gets to experience, but that he would strengthen your inner being. The purpose of us, like we've been talking so much, being with Jesus, that it would strengthen who we are. There is an outflow of that, certainly. We want that outflow. But the outflow only comes from what we're putting into it. And we're wanting more according to his riches and glory that we would get strengthened through the power of his spirit in our inner being. So this is both an internal issue for us each singularly, but we together as a church, the 26 adults, the 7 students, and the 8 children are here and united closely by what we, where we are in our inner being. 
And so why we're focusing on being with Jesus is to say we collectively need to be with Jesus because our individual being with Jesus is what's powering us into the mission that God has for us and to what he wants to do with us. And he said he continues to, to define this more. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the height and breadth and length and depth uh, of the, and know the surpassing love of Christ, or the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. He's doing all this so that we, the love of Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, and then out of that, we're rooted and grounded in that love, and then out of that love, we go out. We, we go on the mission that he's called for us, that he has for us each individually and collectively strengthened to comprehend that we would know the love of Christ. I love this last part of that ver of, of verse 19, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What does Paul tell us in Colossians 1.19? That Jesus was the fullness, uh, that the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus. That in the same way, he wants to dwell in us fully. God wants to. God is longing to have a home in our lives, in the lives of every person you encounter each day, he wants to have a home in their lives that the fullness of God would dwell in them just as it did in Jesus. That's the desire, that we be like Jesus, filled to the fullness of God, with the fullness of God. We will not be fully mature until the love of God is planted and takes root in our hearts. Like, we will not go beyond that matureness. Right? We might do a lot of mature-looking things. We might do things, right, that look and make us seem more mature. Right? Have you ever seen somebody? I mean, so this is hard for the old people in the room because everyone like, looks like little kids sometimes. Like, oh, look, they look so grown up. Like, but you ever see someone dressing in a way that's older than who they are? Like, they can do that. It doesn't make them older. It doesn't make them look more mature. It might make them look more mature. It doesn't make them more mature. We can do the outward trappings, right? We can be pharisaical where we're doing the things. You know, the outside of the tomb looks great, but the inside of the tomb is dirty and gross. The cup is, the cup is nasty because the, the love of God has not filled our hearts and has not taken root in there. So before we go on to anything that we are to do, to be, it's first rooted in who God is and what he's done for us. That if we want to see the things that God has in our life, we must be fully rooted and have God's love planted in our hearts. We will not live as beloved children until we first know the love of the Father. And this is a journey. This isn't like one day you wake up and go, ah, I got it. Oh, now I understand it. I've shared this before. I preached for years the love of the Father, knowing the love of the Father, knowing the love of the Father. You should know it. I should know it. We know it. We know it. I hadn't, I hadn't allowed myself to experience the love of the Father because I didn't think I deserved it. I thought we needed it, but I didn't think I deserved it. And I remember where God began to continue showing me that and that realization, that expectation of like, wait, I can actually know this, but we can't live as beloved children until we recognize and know first the love of the Father. And then the other side of that, we will not love our neighbors with mercy until we comprehend Christ's mercy towards us. So for us to go and take those steps out, to go be missionaries, to go be a family and to be servants, apart from the love of God rooted in our hearts, understanding to know that we are fully, dearly loved children, to know and understand the mercy of God, be able to show that mercy to others, right? And he ends that with that saying, like, to know, um, knowing the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. This isn't about just gaining and retaining more information. Do we want to grow in the knowledge? Absolutely. The knowledge itself isn't what gets us there. It has to take root in our hearts. The problem for some of us, honestly, I would say for all of us, is that our hearts have ground that needs to be tilled and worked on so that the roots, so that the plant can be planted. 
so that they can find a place to grow and soil be fertile. So this is my prayer for Soma. Just as Paul is praying the church at Ephesus, I prayed as uh, our prayer for ourselves as, uh, together is that we would that have this prayer to say, like, we want to know the glory of God, the power of him in us. We don't want to do anything apart from that. We don't do anything outside of doing it for, because the love of God has filled us and it's drawing us outward. That we want others to experience that love. That we'd have this, again, that we might sit and ponder. I love that, that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints, the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth. I love that it requires strength. Like, he's, he's got to even give us strength to get through that, right? It's not that we've got some superpower on our own. We need God's power and strength to even begin to delve through the depths and the breadth and the width and the height of the love of God. We can't even do that apart from him. So that as we move into this year, that we'd begin to think through some of that. And I would say, I would even say this season, because I don't know, this season could be more than 12 months. You know, it's not like next February 13th, we'll have the next picture of what, we'll, we'll keep moving as God moves into that. So in this season, as we move forward, there's four areas that I think God's wanting to work in us. And this isn't the only things we're going to do, right? It's not like, oh, we just do this and then that's everything else. No, this is just part of things that I think we need to emphasize, remind ourselves. Like, so in emphasizing that, it's going to mean like, hey, it matters in our budget, right? It matters where we spend our time. It matters where we're giving our, our talents to, where, where we're investing in all those areas. And so the four areas are this, re, re, reorienting towards formation, right? Um, reorienting towards invitation and reorienting towards mission, not there yet. Um, and then building out our structure as we get there. So I wanna look at each of these areas first about what they are, what they mean to us, and then what we need to do in that area, okay? So first, importance of formation, as we just talked about in this, there is nothing greater than what God is doing in each of us individually and then collectively as a whole, right? Being with Jesus, cultivating a life with Jesus, that is the heart of every day. We are new creations in Christ. He has brought us from death to life, right? We've been reborn, born again. All that terminology reminds us we were once one way, we now have a new way to live. We have to continue growing in that new way. Right? So the importance of cultivating a life with Jesus. We see throughout scripture when talking about a relationship with God or um, with Jesus is that it uses those kind of primal feelings that we all feel. Hunger and thirst, right? I want to hunger after God. I want to thirst after God. So praying that God would begin to do in us a uh, uh, growing desire and hunger, uh, a, a growing thirst, Right? that can't be quenched by things that aren't from God. A hunger that's not filled with stuff that, that, that's not good for me. Like uh, some people might even call this like a holy discontentment. Like I wanna be discontented with the things that aren't of God and I wanna find only my contentment in the things that are from him, right? This isn't a, this isn't a guilt trip to, again, we can start going immediately to the things I do and don't do, right? But this is first an internal desire and craving that I would crave and want and desire God in this way. So it's, a, it's also, I think, this formation picture is an expectation that God would work. That God would actually do something. Like, so going back to this picture for me, this was an expectation. Can I create this picture? Can I make this happen? Maybe in 2016, I thought I could. Right now, I know I cannot. <laughs> I, I can draw this picture. I know that some of you are thinking, like, I can, there's no way I could draw that picture. I know, this is high art. But to actually make this come out in real life, I cannot do this by myself. I cannot do this. Does that mean it's not a vision from God? No, I think it actually is a picture that God's saying like, yeah, you actually can't. And it actually requires some expectation that he would do something, that he would work in it. And, and to believe that there is something more than what I'm actually seeing, right? 
So this expectation that God would do, uh, uh, kind of this inside of the importance of formation, I would say again, we're being with Jesus, we're cultivating life with Jesus, we're desiring, hungering, thirsting for God, and then an expectation that he would do what he says he's going to do. Can, I mean, I'm not going to go through the ways God's answered those prayers in our individual lives and as a church. The only one that I go back to that he just keeps bringing up was in 2019 as we're preparing our budget for 2020. And we're thinking, let's just dream about God. What could you do? What could you do, God? Could you give us savings in the bank that we could come back and just have some security for just, just so that if things get rough and rocky, we have some financial stability, right? In that year, in 2020, the year that everything crashed and we all stayed at home, we went to Zoom, God took us from at the beginning of the year being $14,000 in the red, gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna end the, we were gonna end 2020 in the red by $14,000. We ended 2020 with over $30,000 in the bank. When we came back to the end of that year and we start reflecting on that prayer, we're going, God, you're doing something. I, I, there's no way. As soon as the pandemic hit and then we realized we're gonna end in a deficit, we're just like, God, can we make it through? The, like the prayer goes away from like, God, keep doing this one thing that we think you could do. But God heard the first prayer. And he was faithful to do that in the midst of a pandemic that, hurt, that, that did a lot of bad things. Yeah, Kev. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. This is also when Randy and Jill were having to move out of their house without an idea as to where they're going to go. It was scary. Yeah. Yeah. God, you've you've brought us here. I I can guarantee you. My my thought wasn't God. We need to fund this vision. My thought was God. Can we just even exist as a church at the end of this year? And God, through His faithfulness provided beyond that because how do you do that you bring people in that give and 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 serve and love the church right not meeting in a building and saving money right that helped that was helpful i i, I wouldn't want to go back to zoom for that purpose but it helped right like there were those things god did that so are we expectant that we would be hungering and thirsting for god and expectant for him to do the thing that we, that might even seem crazy, that we would put it out there, that our hungers and thirst and desires to be like Jesus, that we would want more of him. That's a picture of formation for us, that he's forming and shaping us. Remember, we are being formed and shaped into something. It's happening. It's happening. Well, I was gonna point out my phone, but it's back there forming and shaping our Wi-Fi connection. Um, but like that phone shapes us, right? What we're watching on whatever screen, it's shaping us. They're not evil. The device isn't evil. There's a lot of great stuff. I get a lot of encouragement. I get phone calls and texts and pictures. I get lots of stuff that go, God, you're so awesome. You're working all over the world. I also get a lot of things that distract me, that hurt me, that keep me from spending more time and desiring him. Right? So just remember that we're being formed and shaped into something. Would it be into the image of Christ for that? So that we ought to know that we're a new creation created for that. Secondly, uh, invitation. This is actually probably where, not actually, probably, this is where I was going to go spend majority of our time today. And I want to talk into that. In fact, that's why we started off with the verses we started off with. But as I began over the last few days, like God just kept reshaping and reshaping this message today. Um, we, moved, we moved from that being the, the major point, but to be a, a, still a point. Um, we start every gathering with a call to worship, reminding ourselves that God is the initiator. He is inviting us into his work, what he is already doing, right? He did that with Adam and Eve. He, he, he didn't say, what do y'all want to do? I created you guys. Tell me what you want to do now. He created them and gave them purpose. He created them and said, go be fruitful, multiply, cultivate the earth, replicate my image in the earth. Like that was the picture of that. And then Jesus' is coming is the picture of him coming in the flesh, being like us, and then Jesus over and over and over again inviting us into life with him. What does he say to the disciples? Come, follow me. An invitation. Come, follow me. 
He even rudely invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house. I'm coming to your house tonight, right? Like, that's what's happening. It's happening. I'm going to your house tonight, and we're going to enjoy a meal together. He is the one saying, come and follow me, an invitation into new life to change who you are and what you do, right? Why we read those verses, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. We have been invited into an amazing life, an amazing journey that we would reorient our own selves into thinking that isn't for ourselves alone. One of the, one of the best encouragements I've gotten as a church planter in all the various ways, and I've gotten it, this is the best part because I've gotten it from different, different people at different times who are not saying it for the same reason, but so often we can look around and go, I want to invite people, but like, and, or, or even specifically, this is related to like asking other people that I want to move to Austin or come be a part of us and join into this work that we're doing and sacrifice into it, right? Whether as a staff role or just to move to Austin and say, hey, would you join in with this? And, and multiple people have said, Randy, you're invested in it. You have people that are invested in it. Why wouldn't someone else who was, would want to be invited into that? Like, you're blessed by it. I hear the stories that you're encouraged by it. We're encouraged by one another. Why would I not want to say, hey, come and join me in this. Come join me in what God is doing. And so this culture of invitation, this reorientation to invitation, right? Recognizing, like, invitation, there are, there are appropriate places to bring and invite people into, right? The gathering is a place. You get to sense where is that place at? Is a gathering the place I want to invite them into? Is it my MC? Is it into a DNA? Is it just being the reminder of being a, a people that invite one another, right? We've said this over and over over the years, right? High invite, low expectation. That, that, that sounds neat, but it's real. Like, I want to invite everybody into this. Why wouldn't I do that? Because they might not like me on the other side of that? Because they might not agree with everything I said? Do we all agree with each other? No. Are we all alike? No. Might, might God want to work in those people here? Absolutely. Is God already at work in those people? Absolutely. Some of it might just be the need of someone to say, come join me. I think those disciples that followed Jesus were looking for something. That's what I love about the chosen. You watch the chosen. Like, they're looking for the Messiah. They are actively looking for the Messiah. And we don't have that thought, right? Like, they're like, the Messiah's coming any day now. I mean, they're like, they had no idea. Like, they're just knowing from the prophecy, they're looking, is that the Messiah? Is this the Messiah? Is that the Messiah? People are doing the same thing now. Is my relationship the Messiah? Is that the thing that's going to save me? Is my job the thing that's going to save me? Is my house the thing that's going to save me? Is my bank account the thing that's going to save me? They, they're not saying Jesus because they, they don't want to admit that it's something outside of themselves. They want to think it's something that they can control. But others are looking for, and we have the invitation into the thing that they're looking for. It's like we're withholding the best, right? Like, ah, oh, we got this thing for you, but I don't know if you're ready for it. Or I don't know, maybe you won't like me after you've it. Or, or maybe they might find life and find it to the full. An invitation, reorienting towards invitation. Uh, the third thing there, reorienting towards mission. This is not one I think that, that again, I'm not harping on, like we're horrible, but I, I think it is a mindset shift for us to recognize where we've come from, what's been going on the last two years. Like this is that reality of status, like where have we been? In the last two years, everybody, we, us included, have been in a very hard season. Absolutely. And so what did we do? We took care of each other, we took care of those God brought around us, and we made close circles, and we began to care in those areas. I, I, I firmly believe that God's wanting to reorient our minds around mission. And again, that doesn't say tomorrow, all of a sudden now I just do everything outside here and I don't know. It's just meaning that that's a, that, that needs to come up in our thought process, right? And I say this because I've, sure, I've talked with, with a couple of people over the last few months because I've just seen it. I see it in myself. I see it in our church where we're not thinking about the mission that's out there. And this probably ties in also with the invitation part where we're just not thinking about the people that God's put us around. We've forgotten that every part of our life is the mission field. Our neighborhood, our workplace, our sports teams, 
uh, whatever extracurricular thing we do, that's, that's the place that God sent us on mission to. As kids, as students, as parents, we've all been sent on mission. In the everyday stuff of life, all of work, all work, all of life is the arena that God is already at work in. That's, again, the importance of the invitation. We need to invite people into it because he's already working out there. It's an outward focus. And, and I want to, again, go back to this. Jesus did get alone, right? We were just talking about this, I think, at DNA on Wednesday night. There are uh, uh, our, our three introverts and one extrovert. Uh, all together uh, talking about like, hey, I love the talk when Jesus said, I got to go get alone. I love that part. <laughs> I was like, well, that's great. That's great. Um, and I would say two of those introverts you would not expect to be introverts. I'll just say that part. Um, uh, but as we're talking through that, that reality is like, we can hit there, right? Yes, Jesus did get alone. Jesus need to be, needed to be recharged and be with his father. But he was always doing that, also knowing he was uh, to be with the father so that he might be able to uh, share his purpose and vision, which was to come and save, right? To seek and save that was lost. All right? So it is to make more, our mission is to make disciples of all nations, to share the love of God that you're experiencing uh, with the world around you. Right? So reorientation towards mission. And then the fourth thing, the last thing, is build our structure. We are moving from a time of holding and maintaining, I believe, into a season of growth and expectation, a time to prepare for what God might do. Right? I'm not, we can't make God do anything. Acts 2, 40, 42 through 47, and he added to their number day by day those who are being saved. I don't know who he's going to add. I don't know how he's going to do that, but I want to be ready so when they come here, we'll be, we'll, we'll be equipped and ready to go with that. So not a time for holding on or maintaining, but a time to prepare for what God might do in us. It's the importance of that trellis work, just in the same way. This is, these, these would mirror each other. What he's doing in us internally, he's doing because he wants to do through us externally. So we're building the trellis. We're building, we're saying, hey, in our personal life, I need trellis so that I can abide in the vine and be fruitful. The same way as a church, I'm building up structures and pieces to our church so that we can abide in Jesus and be fruitful. So that we don't overextend ourselves, burn ourselves out, wear ourselves out, because we think we got to do it all ourselves. Because we can't. The important of trellis work in our life so that the vine may more easily abide in it. It's the same thing so that we might be fruitful. The same goes for us together. All right, so we've talked about these three areas. This is kind of the overview of them. What does it look like to like, take next functional steps in these areas? And then how do we, like, what, is, what does that look like? And then what are we going to do towards it? So here's the two areas I would say relating to formation. Are these the only things we're doing in relation to formation? No. It's just two ways we've, we're going to continue to emphasize it. First is prayer. Prayer is, I mean, we, I, the thankful thing, I look back to the very beginning in the 2016 was about how are we going to pray? I was looking at those gatherings as we were starting to gather once a month. Why are we gathering once a month? What are we doing? Because we need to be together. We need to pray with one another. We need to love and serve God. It, that does not change. For us to be formed and shaped by the image of God, we have to be people of prayer. We pray once a month on the fourth, Sunday, uh, fourth Monday of the month for our city of Austin. We're going to add in more opportunities to pray together. At least another monthly time for us to pray together. We're going to figure out how that works with childcare and all the other stuff. Maybe that Zoom thing, Jesus, for you know, technology that allows us to pray with each other at home. But I do also think we need to be together to pray with one another. It's going to be about prayer. And then it's going to be about um, how do we build that trellis, that personal plan, the rule of life, to, to work through that and then share that with others. Right? Have you shared that plan? Have you worked on that plan? Have you looked to think, how am I going to be intentional with my days? So that I can follow after him. That's the formation part of it. I've got to be intentional about it. None of us fall into holiness. Okay? We'll get some more details of what that actually looks and things we'll do with that. But I'm giving, again, kind of step by step and go through it. Invitation. Right? We're going to create more opportunities that are invitable. Like what things are invitable? And remind us that it's just there. Right? Who are you inviting? Uh, make our gathering, our MC and DNAs, uh, and, um, uh, Invitable, it says inevitable. Make them inevitable. <laughs> it's like, what the? <laughs> make them invitable to the degree that they... <laughs> yes. Um, we'll make them 
invitable to the degree that they need to be, right? That's always the tension that goes on here. As we gather together on Sunday morning, I've said from the beginning, and I'll maintain as we move forward, this ought to be like a family reunion. We're coming together. We've not seen each other, some of us, because we're in different missional communities. We've been on life. We come together, and we're like celebrating being the family together. Is it awkward to be at someone else's family reunion? Maybe sometimes. Can I welcome somebody in and make them feel like family? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's going to be extra hard in this season, right? With the reality of who we are, like, there's this part where you get to, like, enough people that you feel like, oh, okay, I'm not the new one in here, right? We're going to have to push through that. Somebody's going to have to be that. And can I tell you that there's people already in our lives that are going to be those people. And so that's the step of making the invitation. A part of that will be even listing who are the people I'm praying for and inviting into life together. The next thing is mission. More training, coaching, equipping for our current leaders and developing new leaders, right? I think we have an idea what that looks like to be on mission. I don't think we have to go like, guys, y'all just need to start getting into gear. It's like, hey, how do we help just give a little spark to that fire, a little, a little extra um, uh, puff of wind in there to get the sails going so they're moving. And then lastly, structures. We're gonna be looking at external elders, internal, an internal elder process, and then membership coming up. And so, um, yeah, so let me give some details into each of these. So I just wanted to give you those, and here's the details and then fleshing it out, okay? We're gonna grow in maturing in our love of the Father, our service of the Son, and our dependence of the Holy Spirit. We're doing that through prayer, monthly prayer meetings that we're saying, hey, we're gonna get together and pray for that end, right? I wanna continue to always have an outward focus and intercessory prayer for other people. Um, But as you'll see, even today, we're gonna pray for our church today. We're gonna pray for ourselves today, that God would send us out on mission. And then for maturity, that God would work inside of us, that he would use these, these pieces, this developing plans to grow us up in maturity. That, to, that that's where that fruit is found, that, that, that we would be able to even honestly assess where we're at and go, hey, I need to grow. I'm stunted in my growth. I need to step out of where I'm at. That's the process of discipleship. Can I tell you, that's also super hard. Not hard to do, it's hard because then we're seen and known. We need to know that, right? So a piece of that, um, on a completely separate note, uh, Han Sol and I, uh, I posted out about those equipping classes, and Han Sol and I are taking one of the equipping group classes on uh, making disciples in everyday life, and it was something that we thought, hey, we could do this together, and it was on a day that it both worked for us. We're like, let's do it together, let's go into it. And so our first homework is a disciple-making scorecard. And so I gave it out to our MC last, uh, this last week. I've got some more on the table back there. You can be completely anonymous. You can write your name down because you want to show, like, hey, this is what I really think of you and, you know, of us. It doesn't matter to me either way. Um, this is not looking back to go, oh, we suck or, oh, we're awesome. This is merely looking at these areas, a definition of a disciple, leadership, gospel, community, mission, spiritual formation, a development pathway, systems and structures. How, where are we at? How are we doing? Where do we need to grow, right? So if one of these areas is a 10, we don't need to spend much time emphasizing that. If this, an area is a two or a three or a one, there's no zero, so you can't say zero. If there's one of those, like, then we go, hey, here's where we need to grow in that. And that's okay. And so this is a picture of what that formation stuff looks like for us to be able to say like, hey, there's a way to look at it and go, hey, we can, we can have some measurables of what does it look like to be fruitful and how do we grow in our walk? Now, are we going around saying, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, if you don't have this, you don't love Jesus? No, we're not doing that. We're encouraging fruitfulness. We're saying, hey, how do we grow, our form- how do we grow in formation, reorient ourselves to formation? We're spending time in prayer and we're talking about what does it look like for us to mature in the faith? We're talking about that in our MCs. We're talking about that in DNA. We're talking about that when we hang out. Where are you growing in your faith? Invitation. Some real tangible pieces to this. We're 26 of us right now. A, a heart for us an invitation first would be, who is on my guest list? Who is it that I need to be invited, that I'm inviting to stuff? Right? Who is it that as I think about things that are happening, I'm wanting to invite them to it? that God has put there. I, I'm just gonna tell you, it's not always easy fruit. I'm not, it's not always the person you think is most likely there, but it's the people that God's just saying, are you willing to take out the step and invite them into it? Because what you might feel is awkward for you might be the exact thing they need, right? 
And again, this isn't going like, we have it all figured out, we're the best church ever. No, but we're this church, and there are people that need this church, just like we need this church. And they need our gifts and abilities, like we talked about last week, working together, and we need their gifts and abilities brought together in here to see the fullness of the God showing here. So who is on our guest list, creating a guest list? I don't have a number for that. Everybody's number is going to be different. My guest list is pretty long right now. That's not because I'm better. It's just because God is putting in my, like God is stirring this up inside of me. I've been praying for this. God's showing me neighbors. God's putting people in our life. There's a guy, Derek, and a guy, Layton, that God put in our lives through two different deals when the Soma retreat was here. They're on my list. I'm continually inviting. Have they showed up yet? No. When they do, am I nervous that they're going to go like, what, this is it? And go, absolutely, I don't know. But I just know I need to keep doing it. So they're on my list. Layton and Derek, I'm praying for them. I'm texting them. I'm inviting them in. I'm thinking, what would they like to do? What would be good for them? I'm seeing it. I'm experiencing it, right? I'm finding those areas out. What is that for you? What does that look like? Who's on your guest list? So with that, I'm praying for 25 more adults that would join and come be a part of that through invitations, to come and be a part of who we are and what we're doing. I don't think that's a crazy thing to ask for. We're going to have more than 25 people we're inviting, I would hope, in the midst of our 26 adults. So who is that? And then the other piece of that, again, the fruit of that, some fruit of that might be, I'm praying that God would bring six people from death to life this year, that we would see six people baptized. That double what we saw last year. Okay? We saw three people baptized last year, Thomas, Reagan, and Hayden. Let's, God, would you, would you do that and more? Six people baptized. I don't think that's a crazy... Uh, out there goal, that's what it would look like. And then as if we're, uh, if we're on our structure piece, this is probably a piece we'll develop more and more. I'm glad I preached first. Man, that was really good that I preached first and not sung a whole lot more. Um, sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> um, as we get to mission, we have two MCs right now. Uh, I'd love to see one to two more MCs sent out this year. To do that means we need to equip our current MC leaders and develop other MC leaders. I mean, monthly check-ins with our MCs. Hey, how's it going? Where are you going? Hey, what is God doing inside of you? Because again, as we're inviting, as we're, as we're formed, as God's working in us, it is no coincidence that when I am more sensitive to Jesus, that there's, I'm just seeing him in, put me in encounter with people that are, are sensitive to him as well. In my life, when I'm praying and asking, God, I want to hunger and thirst for you, I, I just end up running into more people that are hungering and thirsting for him as well. Now, do they all show up here? No. But it's all kinds of conversations that lead in that, right? And so as we think of that, uh, one or two more MCs sent out this year. I'm just dreaming. Like this picture, I, I mean, I, I'm not want to get rid of one person. I, I really don't. But th this is Leander Cedar Park up here, Right? We're half made up of Leander Cedar Park people here today, basically. Um, I, I want to see God do something there. There's a huge number of people out there. Just looking at the map last night. God, would you do that? Could, could God plant a church uh, in Anderson Mill and plant a church on the other side of the road in Jollyville? Because I don't know what that looks like. God can do all of that. God, but he, he first starts with creating, working in us to be leaders, working us to step into that role, to trusting him in the Holy Spirit. So developing more MC leaders to be equipped and trained, working that, that's mission. And then last thing, structure. Everyone currently in Soma has gone through, uh, and, and we have talked, or I should say, we have talked about uh, in the last two years, I think we started right at the beginning of 2020, talking about why membership important. We are Soma, what's important to membership. On the back table, back here, and I'll post it online. I think I, the link is in the email. Why membership matters, it's here, it's a picture of it, so we can get in. I know for some of you, you're here membership, and it might be like, nah, I'm out, that's it, I'm, not, I'm tapping out, you're not going to get me to sign a document. Before we get into any of that, let's just have more discussion. Like, that's, that's just not the way we are, right? If you've been here and you are here, you're here. You don't sign a piece of paper, I'm not kicking you out the door. Now, there might be things you are involved in or not involved in, that could be a, that could be a case down the road, but that's not what we're talking about right now. Let's work through that. Um, so with that, our next Equip Sunday. So part of we're looking at our Equip and our Scattered Sundays. The reason for the Equip Sunday is going through here and recognizing we need to, we need to spur on like growth and maturity. So part of that in, in March, the end of March, uh, that last Sunday, we're going to be having a, a membership kind of, I'm not calling it a class. I can't remember what I said. Membership um, discussion, I think is what I said. Because it's not a class to come like, hey, let me tell you how to be us. Because we're already us. 
There's nobody that's coming into that discussion at this point that's not already here, that's already understanding these things, and we'll be working through that. That's the end of March. So it's a picture of that and the idea of structure. Membership and that they're committed uh, um, and are committed to the body of Christ. That's a picture of that. Another piece of that as external elders and then installing uh, internal elders or elders that are here. We've talked about, again, why the leadership structure of this church is set up. And so right now, I am the only uh, elder of the church. Now, does that mean I'm the only leader in the church, the only person? Ha- no, but that's the, way we've, that's the way it has been set up. And so we're going to work to say we want a plurality of elders. And so as we're working towards that goal, Kendrick Banks, who I think everybody knows, and Josh Reeves, who most everybody knows, are serving as external elders for us in an official capacity. We've had like an unofficial relationship with Redeemer, and I just said, listen, I want people who know us and who have been around us right now to know, hey, here's where we're at. And so Josh Reeves, though maybe he doesn't know most of you, he knows a lot of you, he knows our story, he also cares and loves deeply for our church, is a part, and they're there. They're not telling us to do or say anything. They're there as a sounding board, as a protection, both for me and for the church. They're going, Randy, have you, are you taking care of the finances? Randy, are you looking? They're they're asking those same questions to make sure the flock is cared for. That's what an elder or an overseer does, right? Um, They're overseeing the work of the church. And so they're joining in with that. And the desire over this year is to install elders that complete um, a process that we're working through. They'll start uh, after the membership class has gone through, we'll begin talking through what does it look like to have elders from inside the church and by God's grace, I pray that we are able to install by the end of this year, early the, at the beginning of next year, internal elders to serve the church. To, again, it strengthens the church. Plurality of elders strengthens the church. It's not a weakening of anything. It's saying, hey, we're actually growing because we're different giftings. The same reason we have the body with all the different parts. You need leadership with different parts. So that's why they're And more people serving. More people saying, like, hey, I want to join in. I want to sacrifice and give to what God is doing. So these things will go out. You'll see them. I didn't make a fancy slide for them, so I'll show you these things. But I want to end with this last part of the prayer that Paul prayed, and then we're going to spend some time in prayer. Listen to what Paul ended his prayer with. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at, uh, to the power at work within us, I think that's a huge part of that. So we're, we're, we're going talking about God who's able to do far more abundantly than we, we can ask or think. So whatever crazy thing we might ask today, or what we might even not even be able to say out loud, but even just think, he's able to do far more. He's able to do more than this. This is nothing for God. He's able to do more. You're like, Randy, that's dumb. Not the drawing, the vision behind that. He's able to do more than that, abundantly more than that. That that goes back to that fruit terminology, right? Like, it's not just we're just producing some fruit. It's abundantly more, supplying more than the needs of it. According to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. That's the vision of Soma Austin, that it's beyond us today, that generations beyond us would be affected by the gospel because men and women, boys and girls, in 2022 said, hey, I want to follow after Jesus. I want to submit to him. I want to be formed in the way of Jesus, right? I want to invite others into the same life that I'm getting to experience. I want to be on mission for Jesus so that we look at that and we see, hey, we've built out structures. All this is going for God's glory in the church, in us, and throughout all generations forever and ever. That it echoes in eternity. It's not just God get us through another year. I don't think that was a bad prayer then. I think it was like a real, real prayer. But he wants to do far more abundantly more than we can ask or think. When I think back to that, that time of prayer um, for God to provide financially for us, I thought, man, God, what if we had just prayed for something? <laughs> like, what if we had prayed beyond that? So, yes, I'm praying for these things here. I'm praying for more because God can do more. When, when we started off, I'll close this as we enter. We're going to end. I'm going to transition us to a time of prayer. Um, I remember a time. I don't remember what, where we were at. I think it was at the, I think it was at the Baca Center. So this was way early days at Redeemer. Um, and um, 
um, at the Baca Center, uh, I talked with Kevin and we were praying through, um, I just said, I like praying for God to like kind of do the work of building the church. And I, I was praying for God to do this like slow, methodical work. And he was like, well, let's just pray God to do whatever he needs to do. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's a way more better. That's a better prayer in that sense. But like, I still would like it to be like slow and methodical, like not something out of my control, right? Because I want to be in control. I want to be able to say, here's what it is. And, and I, I'm thankful for that prayer. I've remembered that day. And like, I just want you to do what you're going to do. God in one ways has answered that prayer, but God has also done stuff that I could have never imagined or thought of. So this is what I'd like us to do. Um, we have these three neat little sections in our room, and if you want to move around to a different section to help pray, that's fine. Um, I just want to take a few moments to pray for us as a church. Mark, you can put that screen up on there. We've got four little sections, too, because um, we've got the Zoom section. If you're on Zoom, um, uh, hi, Lila, you can pray for this in, on Zoom. Uh, there's these four prayer prompts. Um, you can use these prayer prompts. You can pray something completely separate. But just joining together, asking God to do abundantly more, we can ask or think in each of those areas. Being a gospel-formed family, um, that we would have a culture of invitation, that we would embrace the mission of God empowered by the Holy Spirit, that, be able to build, uh, that we would build the structure needed for our church to embrace the vision God has for us, right? So however you want to pray, maybe it's one of those prayers, you can pray all those prayers, we'll continue praying these prayers, that God would be at work in that. That's the thing we want to go to God and be on our face about, asking him to do that. So let's break into those groups. Uh, I'll pray here in the center.